On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we have the sharpest sports better that Rufus and I know, Matt David Au. We have a rambling conversation about the Calcutta, about food in Denver, and then finally we get to some NFL picks. Actually, we never really get to picks, but we try to. So with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to another episode of the Bet the Process podcast where I'm checking my microphone okay we're joined by preeminent author uh professional sports better matt david Ow, and one of the um, most annoying human beings in the world rufus peabody so hello good good that we've got this collection of people here um we all know that i am not well liked either so three two well not well liked people and a really smart guy um first are- off let's recap the calcutta Let's do it. What do we think of the Calcutta besides I haven't re-listened to it. And according to Alan or Dinkman, we are, we, it was an, it was an impossible listen. It was an enjoyable time for all of us. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really fun. It was a, it was a good format and our guest, Matt Davidow probably had, did you get, you had probably the most teams, right? You ended up with the most teams. I certainly oh, spent yeah. the most roof of coin. No, he didn't I, spend the most, did he? Yeah, he did. Most teams and spent the a, most. It's an investment, though. Anytime you can take two NFC East teams in a playoff Calcutta, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You make a good point. So, Matt, how did you feel about your draft? I mean, obviously, we've had Week 17 go far so go by so far. How do you feel about it now? How do you feel your position is? Well, going through this this afternoon, preparing for this podcast, I realized exactly how negative EV my current position is and how poor almost all of my uh my uh buys were in comparison to the other teams so yeah really i disagree no 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 i i mean like the almost every team i mean i just went through the market and my own numbers with uh you know just from here chance to win the super bowl is give you a, a reasonable you know approximation and what i had last week and what i had you know, tonight and every single team I have is a has a less chance of winning the Super Bowl today than I had them. You know, last week whenever we did the Calcutta. You still have to feel like Green Bay is plus EV. I would assume it might still be. I didn't actually do the math on the EV, but say last last week I had oh, Green yeah. Bay to win the Super Bowl twenty two point seven percent, and then right now I have them at eighteen point seven. Yeah, I'm looking a... at our numbers. I'm looking at my numbers or our numbers, and we think they were plus EV. We, from what our, um, we thought they should have gone for 74K. You got them for 68K roof coin. Um, but you lost, a, you lost, I mean, Indy was the one that everyone's talking about. We didn't have Indy at value. Rufus, you had Indy at value for what he got him at? I, I thought no matter what he bid on Indy, it would have value. But you know now whether it had value. Oh or not. yes, one hundred percent, it had value. Well, so for us, it didn't have value. For us, we think it was 
um, you know, they should have gone for about 15, six. So wait, what did you think their percentage of the pot should have been? 2.63. Wow. That's really low. That's way, that's, that's off market low. So I had, I had a market number. So I basically ran my numbers for Massey Peabody. I used Massey Peabody without a prior also. I, um, and then I like did a market implied number. And then I also did like FPI pro football focuses ratings, um, like football outsiders and five thirty eights, just to kind of get a sense of where teams could possibly be according, you know, just so I would know what the rain, the spectrum would be of how a team could be valued. And none of those, I, I didn't have Indy below 3.6% on any of those. I'll just say that. So none of those systems would have had Indy below 3.6%. I'll have to talk to my modeler about why this was so negative. Cause I don't actually get my hands dirty anymore. So our numbers were 2.63. So, uh, we actually had KC. You got, what did you guys have KC at? Because we thought they were tremendous value. Sounds like no one else did. That was yeah, fourteen point one over here, and that that's pretty similar. What I'm looking at now, to what I had last week. Fourteen point one, huh? I had them at fourteen point four last week. My market number on them was fourteen point seven, and the range was thirteen point seven to fifteen point six. So we had them at twenty point one five. Holy Jesus Christ! That's mm-hmm. so. So, do you think that they have like a sixty five percent chance of making the Super Bowl then? I mean, I feel like you have to think there's like at least a 60% chance of them making the Super Bowl to justify that number. Uh, if they win I, again, the whole Super Bowl. I don't get Bowl, my hands dirty anymore. I'll have to, I'll have to talk to my. Uh, they're 29 and a half percent. I guess there was a, it was a very, very, very good like concept that the different props with the Calcutta. And I'm going to guess there was a modeling error regarding some of the, some of that Kansas City number difference in Super Bowl number. We shall see. I mean, we'll see. If they win the Super Bowl, we were right. Of course. And their results. Got a good Um, shot to do that. uh, Well, okay. So going into this week, then, what do you guys, what do you guys feel is the best value? I'm assuming no one really is, is people, are people adjusting their numbers? What what are they, what do you feel? Wait, Jeff, before we go into that, since we're on the Calcutta topic, do we want to actually debrief the strategies used and why? I mean, I think that's the more interesting point like like the approach you took matt i mean i think that the the i i went in there feeling like most everyone would have similar models yeah and the key to it was going to be being able to very quickly um know pot size and you know like understand that and i i think everyone went in there with the idea that the first team was going to be value um we had i think the reason we didn't end up with indy it's because we had them at a much lower price than you guys did. Mm-hmm. Otherwise we would have, because we had the pot size like relatively high, like over what it is, over what it, over what it ended up as. Really? Yeah. I mean, so I, I don't think, I mean, may correct. Like if, if you think I'm wrong on this, let me know, but I don't think prior should matter at all for pot size. I think you should go in with no prior. Um, I don't think that's possible. You have oh. to have some, you have to have some estimate. You have to have some. No, you don't. As long okay. as you're willing to buy all See, the that's team. like why right. your snarky as long as, ass as attitude, as you, no okay, one likes sorry. you, because it's like, <laughs> I'm making something, you're saying, no, you don't. It's like, that's not how you have an argument, Rufus. Okay. Do you want me to explain? Well, I was actually trying to, but okay. go ahead. I, I would like to hear why priors matter. No, no, no. I, I, you said definitively no, so I wanted to hear why. I mean, I've come to this conclusion. I think originally I thought that priors mattered, but when I, I've become more evolved, Jeff. You'll eventually get there. 
Um, so basically the first team sets the, well, the first team basically sets that implied pot size. Um, you know, I could have kept going with, with Matt, like, um, having a bidding war on the Colts and, and Matt, you said you would have gone to like 40,000, right? I was about at the top. I wasn't sure how, I, uh, I didn't want to end up having to buy all the teams, especially in a, you know, public forum. What, what fun is it to buy all the teams? And I, I mean, I would have if I had to, obviously, but like, I, I didn't want that to be the situation. That's fair. But I mean, I do think, you know, everything is based off that first team, which in the first team, if everybody's rational, they're bidding, um, they want to buy that first team. So their only constraint is their capitalization, how much they're willing to spend. So in reality, the pot size is dictated by these, in a, in a Calcutta with people that are rational, the you're, you're, you're pot, actually, pot you're, size is dictated by the second m- most well-capitalized team. Your, your flaw, your flaw in your reasoning, right? And it might've been right in this case because everyone there was rational and, and similar minded in it. In, in most Calcutta's that's not the case. Okay. Right. In so, most Calcutta's there are people that are flying by to the seat of the pants or irrational are not modeling things the same way. And but, they're the, the pot size will vary quite a bit. I mean, I understand what you're saying, Rufus, and I think that's a fine way to do it. But if you have some level of prior information, you know, you can incorporate it. Like we had, a, we had a static and a dynamic pot and then a weighted. And the static, the value of the static changed, like the weighted changed as every team went. Right. So, so the, the dynamic was obviously at the end, 100% of what we use, but that, that amount changed throughout. So what if your, let's say your prior was 200,000, like in, in the implied pot size after the first bid, I had it as 477. Um, like, I don't think the pot size should never be below the implied pot size of the first bid unless, unless you know, you're pricing out everybody else, in which case you just buy all the teams. Or you have different models, right? You keep you keep assuming okay. that everyone's model is exactly the but same. Everybody's or very models, well, with the exception of yours in Kansas City and Indianapolis, but basically everybody else was right around the same on just about every team. Like I got to my reservation price would be like forty nine thousand three hundred. Like the bidding would get quickly to forty eight thousand. It went over forty nine thousand. Like it went, you know, the team sold for fifty thousand one hundred. Like the bids dried up right after it passed the reservation price because this is a the NFL market is pretty darn efficient. And there's a lot of information out there. So pricing, like getting essentially a market price is not that hard. Agree? Well, I mean, maybe this was a stupid Calcutta then. I think because it was like, a great no, Calcutta. No, no, I'm serious. If it's that, if it's that efficient, it's stupid. It was a right? lot like, more efficient than I thought it, it was. Be. Now, here's one for you. I never considered the implied pot of what the pot would be. I think that that's a complicated way of coming to the same answer that you can come from simply by, you know, starting with a team or whatever teams, you know, you have as you go and comparing each other team to that team. So, for instance, I got Indy for 20000 I had Indy at 4.4%, which is too high. And then the next team is the Rams. The Rams, I also had a 4.4%. Well, it's easy. If I get the Rams for less than, you know, 20,000, that's definitely value on the Rams. And as it goes over 20,000, it's just the value compared to Indy. And then, you know, say we get to the Chiefs. And now, I, let's say I had the Chiefs at 14.1. I forget what other teams I had at the time. It's just comparing to Indy at 4.4. Now, the Chiefs are worth three times Indy. So now, if I get the Chiefs at 60 or, you know, a little bit more. You'll super. always take that. 
Right. The that, only that, the only reason I, you just, wouldn't that's how I did it. The only reason you wouldn't would be if other people weren't willing to bid that high, in which case you would basically be owning every team then. If right. Okay. So but I'm saying from a standpoint so, of I never looked at the implied pot, I just compared the like the teams that I thought were either sold at fair value or that I had, I just compared the teams to those and okay. you know, just that was just my not saying it was right. I just think that possibly the, the implied pot was a way to over I don't say overcomplicate it, but I feel like my way was slightly easier as I never had to guess the pot or the implied pot and had a feel for what the teams were worth, you know, as we went. Yeah, I mean that you guys did that did it the same way, right? Essentially. I think like again, you guys are very smart, you're very analytical, and you're looking at this purely based on the fact that we had very sharp, very analytical people in there. I guarantee you. If somehow we take next year, like a pros versus Joe's concept, and we have, you know, four analytical people and four completely unanalytical, like whale type people involved, it will be very, very different. And I'm not saying necessarily in that case, you're going to need to estimate pot size or anything like that. But I do think that pot size situation will help you understand where the inefficiencies or values are coming from. I, I get you, but I still think that that first team, I mean, the reason everybody wanted to own the first team is because they know there's going to be value there because that essentially anchors it unless you go so high that it prices out everybody. So I, I still think regardless, like, and even if, even if you're in a Calcutta with a bunch of people that don't know what they're doing, um, I think there are some universal truths and I guess basic strategy, right? Well, it, I mean, it, it, you're also assuming that whoever buys that first guy has like a pretty unlimited bankroll, which well, again is not, it's not, you, you can't think about this in the construct of yourself. Rufus. No, Jeff, what I said the- is, what I said is the, the first, I mean, the pot size is determined by the second most well-capitalized person because the first person theoretically w- could, could go higher, right? It's the, the auction price is being set by as high as the second place person's willing to go. Assume so Matt it's comes, their bankroll. Assume- like, Assume Matt comes in here and he's like, essentially like the 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 capitalization piece. Like, so we we would have bid more on Green Bay if it weren't for that concept that we we didn't want to own every team and we were pretty highly we we went in there and spent a bunch of money right. We didn't expect was, to own. What was your sort of like? Did did you guys go in with sort of a quote bankroll like an amount that you were comfortable spending on teams or? I mean, yeah, I mean, was, I, I did. Was, I didn't want to like, it was, yeah. it was pretty large, but, and we kind of knew that if we en- ended up needing to, you know, Rufus coin has gone up a lot recently because uh, it's tied to Bitcoin. And, you know, we knew that there was, um, we could probably offload some to people that we knew that would want to get involved. So okay. I don't think we were highly worried about capitalization. Although like we didn't want to get into a situation where, we actually had to sell any Bitcoin to Rufus Coin because Rufus Coin is way more volatile, and we just didn't <laughs> want to end up owning that. So, but well, I don't know. It's it's it'll it's, get better when more people mine the Rufus Coin. I think it's true. Yeah, it's true. But I do think like I do think it will be interesting next year or the next time we do one of these. I think the next one we should do should probably be for the NCAA tournament. Right. I think and we should I do think we should find some people that aren't analytical to come in and do this because it's the way that you guys are now framing this to me. It's like sad because it seems incredibly boring. 
Well, it seems solvable in a way. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not talking about solvable because obviously if you have different, if you have different values on teams um, than other people do, then yes, you'll find value. But I mean, if assuming everybody sort of has the same or very close like pricing, like there are ways to still get an edge, I think. I think you guys just found like most of like the sharpest people that you could find that they did a lot, you know, everyone apparently, you know, did a reasonable amount of like work on the, the, the format. So everyone came up with like mostly, you know, reason, reasonable close how, numbers. How, how could we do this? Let's we say something, for we need something basketball. where there isn't a big market, like where there, where, where people <laughs> aren't able to just like, exactly like my thought was do an NFL season, like before the schedule comes out before mm. where all the only thing that's up is super bowl odds like you know who the teams are playing but you can't like you know there's there's no real two-way market on like that's worth anything on anything yet so i mean i think the less information out there the better the calcutta will be or okay. you have well, so, more esoteric things you're so, putting in there that there aren't markets for so like the unfortunately props. i i don't totally agree with you because you can't well okay that that might be fine in the nfl let's let's just take college basketball Matt, do you dabble in college basketball? That's the one sport. There's just there's too many teams. All right. Well, let's not talk about college basketball. Let's talk about the <laughs> NBA playoffs. If we did something like this for the NBA playoffs. So how yeah, would NBA. we create, like, basically we want to create something where there will be different approaches to modeling it that may, that may end up with different answers. And that's like when things become interesting, like this is like, you guys are like telling me this Calcutta was like card counting, which is like the most boring thing in the world, right? It's like solved, it's knowable, it's, you know, you have a basic strategy, you do a decision. It's just pure, pure, you know. Yeah, I didn't feel like it was hard. I, I put like less than 90 minutes into it. I, I made us, I didn't even fix our sim, I, you know, because the playoffs are different from last year. I made a spreadsheet. I, Used, I mean, I literally estimated every number and typed them into a spreadsheet and got that's how I made my numbers. And I came close to everybody else, you know, maybe ended up a little bit high on the uh, teams that hadn't made the playoffs as it turned out. Although at the same time, I'm somewhat surprised. I mean, this Saints line is insane. Although, yeah, the Saints line is so that's a good segue, right? The Saints line is too high, right? Saints line will come down. I think it's too high. We bet at the Bears right now. I don't think it's much too high. But that's because I love the Saints. You are a Saints guy. The Saints Saints were like the, I mean, I think there was the most difference of opinion on the Saints. I I mean, Matt, I know how you feel about the Saints, but I know Ed Teach Teach thought it was the best buy ever. But then again, he thought Trump was the best bet ever too. So, Well, he didn't buy the Saints either. So there was that. Did you see the pictures of him from the Capitol today? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's too soon, guys. That's That's not funny. That was not my joke. That was Joey Kanish's joke. I know. That, I saw that it. he put on Twitter, which was was relatively funny. Um, and then people were like being honestly being dicks though, underneath. Like I mean, saying to, some yeah to like to to Ed Teach. Yeah, I know he's. I mean, it's Twitter though, so that's what people do. But I mean, like personal Twitter attacks. is the cesspool, and talking about politics right now is the sessiest of the cesspool, right? There's yeah. no winning talking about politics. Ed is a good sport, though. He takes a lot of shit, for he's sure. Sh- he's a sharp guy, too. I don't know where he finds these, you know, markets on, you know, who to win the MVP and such. I guess flying around and beating the pavement, but respect because he's obviously killing them. Yep. 
Well, that whole the whole idea was he was very early to the game and the Alex Smith to win the most, you know, the 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 most improved what comeback player of the year thing or whatever, right? He said that on our podcast, what preseason? So pretty, yeah, pretty, yeah. uh, <laughs> and and Toronto win the MVP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, I piggybacked no. on that one and didn't piggyback on the Alex Smith one, so I feel dumb. This is somebody who you know rode the Chargers every week this year. I I I, I feel I, I feel it. <laughs> Okay, so okay, so the Saints. We think the Saints are too high at minus ten. Rufus, you disagree. What do you make them at? I make it so the full Massey Peabody makes it minus ten point two. But if I throw out priors, and I think I'm probably weighing priors too heavily this this year. I think there's just there are it, it's it's a unique season, um, and I think priors probably should not be weighed as heavily as I am weighing them. Um, so without priors, it's seven point eight. So if you go like, you know, if I go like 70, 30 or something, it's like, I make it nine and 0.4. Matt, how did your thinking on uh, home field evolve throughout the year? Like, how did you approach that at the beginning? And then how did, how did it evolve? So I try not to overthink home field. Like I, in the way, the way I do things, home field comes in at like the very end and it's a very, you know, subjective number you know, depending on, you know, time zones, travel. So for me, it's a lot of where's the market, put a number in that's reasonable and kind of, you know, move on from there. I've never been a uh, proponent of the the fans really make any difference. You know, we did did some work home, must have been like 12, 13 years ago now, where we compared the NFL teams that got poor, you know, home home support versus the ones with a lot of support. Like, you know, we said, okay, what are the five or six that we you'd think would have the best home field? You know, Kansas City, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, et cetera. Okay, who won't? You know, Arizona, Atlanta, Jacksonville. And then we looked at their home versus away over, you know, about a 10-year period prior to that and came up with really no solid signal that the fans were making any difference whatsoever. Now I've been to a game in Seattle and hard to imagine that's not making a difference, but the, you know, I, I think it's possibly very minor. So what did your, how did things evolve for you throughout the year? Right. Because there was a, a lot written that home field was zero this year. I never looked too much into it. I put a number up that home field, home field has decreased over the years. I think mainly because the, 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 way teams travel has gotten more comfortable, easier teams have figured out don't fly like the night before, like the earlier you go, go in a way that like keeps the routine. Uh, also, and this maybe applies even more to college, but I, I think a lot of home field is uh, uh, familiarity and the, the, the more the player turnover happens, the, the more everybody's kind of on their, the, the, you know, the, the same level of unfamiliarity. If you haven't played many games in your home stadium, I don't think you really necessarily have an advantage over the road team in that regard. So like with COVID now, this is even more interesting. I mean, we'll, 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 one thing that home teams have been doing the last few years, I think is probably a poor idea is doing this like team hotel thing. I don't know anybody who sleeps better in a hotel than they do in their own bed. And unless you, you know, like me and you, have a you know seven month old <laughs> but for the most part i think everyone sleeps better in their home in their own bed so why would you 
in the most important night of sleep before a game, put somebody in the hotel room. They started doing that the last 10 years. Now with COVID, they stopped doing that. I think, I think the players are slept at home this year. So that's like a point for the home, you know, field advantage. Obviously anyone who's flown during COVID knows that, you know, flying is, you know, flying with a mask is not as fun as flying without a mask. And, I think that flying and the teams are leaving later and it's probably less fun then that may all play a factor as well. So I, th- I think there's a lot of factors and I think it's very hard to just like come up with a number. And I think of all of these factors, I think the fans are probably unimportant. Furthermore, I think that the, 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 the way to look at how the market's looking at home field advantage, especially in the NFL season that only has 256 total games, I think is difficult. Me and Rufus have had a minor statistical modeling disagreement on this, and Rufus would tend to be the smarter one when it comes to this stuff. So That is not true in the least. Well, so what is your take, Rufus, on this home field? And like, for the, okay, like for the record, what are you guys using for the playoffs? For the record, so I'm using, for, okay, I can give you wildcard week. I'm using actually I'm using half of normal home field. That's what I'm using for the playoffs. So it averages out to a little over. Well, I have it this week is 1.2 points on average. Um, and so I actually looked at uh, when I, when I was getting ready for the Calcutta, cause I probably, I, I made the negative EV decision of spending a lot more time than I probably needed to on it just cause I thought it was fun. Um, but that's not negative EV if you're having fun. That's a good point. It's like the point of life, right? I like things that are different, that are refreshing. And actually, yeah. Cade Massey asked me, like, why people, like, why we did this Calcutta, why we were willing to bet so much, um, so many Rufus coins. And, like, what is it? He said, is it that these, you know, people want or not able to get down? Like, is it just the ability to get down a lot that was the appeal? Um, and I said, for me, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, doing something unique it's the game of it that's fun yeah and it's the 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 game the, 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 the game yeah like we're gamblers we like games and and having a unique game that we don't get a chance to do a lot is fun and but, the social interaction of it oh for sure um but back to home field i so i looked when i was doing like market implied ratings um i Basically, I found like the markets implied home field advantage controlling for team quality or like the first half of the season or at the start of the season was about like 1.8 to two points. And, and it dropped by the end of the season to basically less than half a point. So um, and was so it's basically gone down a ton. And so I don't the, think the, the actual market, market implied and you still you now you actually think the market implied is too low. Well, I, I think you also need to look at the specifics here too. So Buffalo's hosting a home playoff game, Buffalo, like there are going to be some fans in the stands and they, the weather there is um, generally not great, especially for, well, I guess Indy is a Northern team, but they play in a dome. So I don't, I don't know what their practice facilities. I don't like. think it should matter that they play in the dome. No. I think if there's any, if there's anything to the weather, it has to do with like what your body's accustomed to when you like walk down the street. I mean, that's really? yeah, the home, the home. You can't be where you play. You only you play many games. It's only there for a few hours. I mean, like, I think we've all read the That's a fast, paper. I, I, that's a counter. That's an interesting thing because people always talk about dome. The narrative, right, is that people talk about dome teams being soft, right? And not being able to travel to, you know, like Minnesota or something like that, right? They're the ultimate in playing in like a shitty cold weather environment, but actually playing inside. Mm-hmm. But they're known as a dome team, right? Right. I mean, 
there were papers. I, I, I don't know if you guys read these, like this was years ago, um, written about the home acclimatization effect, basically where if you have a team that a cold weather team are playing at home in weather that's for cold, I think they looked at like the difference between that, the weather during the game and the weather, the average week, the week before on average in the visiting team city. So if you like in Miami, it's 80 degrees in Buffalo, it's 30 degrees. That's like a 50 degree differential there. And the bigger that is, the greater the home field advantage. Um, they found some pretty significant effects uh, in the NFL and I think maybe college football as well. Um, there's this paper was written more than 10 years ago, but I mean, and there's some psychological reasons behind that, that when the body is cold, um, you, you, well, you, there, it has to do with like familiarity and I don't know. I mean, but I, there, there were, there were real effects, goddammit, I promise. It's very articulate. And very now articulate. we know why I should never interrupt you because when you're on a roll like that, it's just, I just got to let you go. <laughs> uh, uh, I, yeah. I was in Tunica, Mississippi in 2002. And uh, I was basically living in the hotel playing poker. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were at the Philadelphia Eagles for the NFC Championship game. And I realized that it was going to be like less than 30 degrees in Philadelphia. And I read that Tampa or no warm team had ever won in the cold weather. So I gathered my money and I made my bet. I was sure nobody had possibly considered this idea that, you know, Tampa coming from Tampa would be very cold in Philadelphia that week. <laughs> well, Tampa, Tampa sure won that game. That was you know, the year they went to the, uh, the Super Bowl with Chad Dilfer. <laughs> and, point is there there's all i think a lot of the stuff's in the market and i think yeah. there's you know a lot more to it than you know a cold weather team a warm weather team a dome team i doubt it matters much i mean has i, I agree that the differences are small has no Dilfer i wait it wasn't trent Dilfer. was it brad johnson yeah it wasn't dilfer dilfer went with the dilfer beat them maybe with the ravens wait no the Ra the bucks played the raiders bucks plays the raiders that was the John Gruden. The Gruden yeah. Okay. That was. You're giving us fake news here. So Dilford, I think I think you're thinking about the year. I think you're thinking about the year Jacksonville won the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm definitely. It was definitely O two. I just obviously forgot who the quarterback was. <laughs> well, hopefully, I mean, maybe that's why you bet on the Eagles because you thought that Trent Dilfer was the Bucks quarterback. No, no, no. I'm, I okay. didn't know any of the players. I only knew the temperature. <laughs> well, that's... Yeah. <laughs> hey, jump, so jumping back to the uh, Calcutta for one second, which is the team's position, which team's position would you wish you were in besides yourself? Oh, I got to, like, look back up. But By the way, Jeff, while you were talking, I was literally trying to figure out how what price you must have the... Peter Jennings. Kansas City to win the Super Bowl to make your bet, like, to justify 20%. You like just having Buffalo. Well, he already won with Miami, right? And Buffalo's oh, that's true. Play, was, Buffalo's clearly good at this point. So that's, I mean, just an easy one. to that, Probably Rufus, too. I mean, I think that – I'm not sure where the Rams are now. I mean, obviously, they're a little bit bigger dog than I think we were anticipating in this game. But uh, Don't have a quarterback. Well, they didn't have Dude. one to start They didn't have one to start with, so. Yeah, I was going to say, like, in what world is he really that much worse than, than – uh, I mean – Not only did you see uh, – McVeigh said he wasn't going to tell anyone who's going to play. I mean, that's smart on his part. Why would he like? 
he he doesn't have to talk about it, and they have to think they might have a running quarterback. Although I don't think like, Rufus, did you only get two teams? I only got two teams. I bid on like every team. Interesting. Which helped the value team of the that, teams I got. I, I told you, I went Indy, up to my reservation price. And besides, you you keep saying reservation price like you're trying to make it a thing. You're not going to make fetch happen, dude. What um, else do I call you, it? What's that? That's like the term. What do I call it? Why is that the term? It's like the term in economics that you learn. The, the maximum price you pay for something is the reservation price. See, I've never studied any of that fancy mumbo jumbo shit. Uh, didn't with you sig- get a bachelor's of science in blackjack? I got a bachelor of science in mechanical engineering, exactly. of which I've never used in my life. I've never taken an economics class in my life, yet I give you know, lectures and, and talks at conferences where I wax philosophical on behavioral economics. So you just read like a couple books and you're good. Um, I kind of agree. Back to this uh, concept. My of, son has a private school interview. Should I cancel it? Where, where's the private school? It's a Grayling Country Day. Denver. I'm 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 big on education. I'm pro education. Pro edu- not anti education. Pro education. Okay. He's just anti economics. Although I don't. I'm conf- I'm confused about what. So, so yes, is- private school then. Yes. Okay. In Ve- in Vegas. I'm in Denver. Oh, you're moved to Denver, huh? Yeah. Were you better. in Vegas before? I was. So I didn't want to be in Vegas. Where in Denver are you? Uh, Hilltop near. Uh... Like so, near the Cherry Creek shopping area. Do you ever go eat at Tavernetta? Goes greatest to. Italian restaurant in where you live. What's you it called? Tavernetta. Don't think. Remember with COVID, we. I mean. So Tavernetta it have a nice is, outdoor patio. We haven't eaten there. It's in Union. It's it has an outdoor area. Oh, in Union it's, Square, like downtown. Yeah, it's in yeah, Union Station. A, Union Station. Sorry. We're excited to oh, go there next summer. I ate there. It's an unbelievable town. I ate restaurant. there with. Okay. Um, with Jennings when I was in Colorado. It's unbelievable. Anyways, enough enough of our mumbo jump. Okay, yeah, I mean, we do we, talk like, a lot about food and wine on this on this podcast too. So it's it's uh <laughs> we're kind of meandering today. Um anyways, okay, so back to you would like uh what about the one team that you guys wish you had been able you had bid on higher than the prices right Rams. now, besides Indy, the Rams. The Rams. Pittsburgh. I, I, Pittsburgh? I, think I still Pittsburgh. think Pittsburgh's not value. That's I, the team I have the same that has to still be bad. They were already in the playoffs. I have them at the same number. I thought they were way overbought. I my I didn't have the uh, well. My value for Pittsburgh, I have Pittsburgh's price for a five hundred twenty-three thousand dollar implied pot. Um, I had them five point nine percent. I had Pittsburgh five point nine percent. I had them five point two. Okay, but the, I mean, at the time, I didn't think the pot would size would grow as much as it did i don't even want to tell you guys what we had the map because it will it will be funny is it going to be like 1.3 or something no 4.75 and we own them so oh you did we had them at less than you guys did yeah you thought so you thought the pot would just grow huge no i i think we bid well yeah and i also think that there were teams that may have been one that like you know, he got caught price enforcing or something like that. And, and it's the fourth with... team. What's that? Oh, because you, you already took Tampa with the second pick. Compared yes, to Tampa, Pittsburgh's Tampa. okay. No, I'm, I'm happy with our portfolio. <laughs> Although, honestly, I, and... Tampa's another team that. No, I guess I have Tampa somewhere. No, I, I have Tampa, Tampa having value. Under my numbers. Tampa has value. Like, I think the first four teams all have value. The first team that doesn't have value is Cleveland, in my book. Sorry. 
Sorry, David. No, 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 100% you were right. I mean, I had – so I had Cleveland at 4.3. Now, I mean, I do feel like that line – that line would be three if – and it's still it's going to come down. You guys, you, you're, the Pittsburgh numbers, there's going to be a lot of – Okay, let's, let's, let's go into the – let's go into the wild okay. card games because we've, we've kind of meandered too much. Jeff, you've, just you've start... meandered us, man. <laughs> no, I know. It, I'm, not, I'm not blaming anyone but myself. Um, shitty host right here. Um, guilty as charged. Let's just start from the top. The Bills are minus six and a half uh, against the Colts. The line is the total is fifty-one. That line started a little higher, I believe, and has come down to six and a half. Um, the Bills, if any team in the world is now a sell high, I feel like the Bills are a sell high, right? Like everyone mm-hmm. is talking about them. Or do you guys think they are now like properly rated for what they are? I think they're pretty properly rated. Um, I think they're, if you like, if you go without priors, they've been better than Kansas city this year, just in terms of the predicted, the things that are predictive. I'm not saying that they're a better team than Kansas city, but they've played better than Kansas city this season overall. Um, I think they're a top, they're one of the top team, like they're a top three team in the NFL for sure. A lot of the bills, the, the variance in numbers comes, oh. you know, from their defense. Like last year, their defense was, you know, really good. They have great defensive coaching. They get no new players. And like the first half of the season, they just get, I mean, think about what Kansas city did to them on that Thursday night. Cause they like ran them over and a couple other teams did that too. Now lately though, their defense has been a ton better. So a lot, I think a lot of it comes down to like, you know, do you pull back the defense to a prior? Are you looking at, you know, recency with defense? Do you, value coaching over players do you think matt milano is actually like a super valuable player with 28 snaps a game i think a lot of the differentiation in buffalo comes comes to that i think everybody has their offense very close yeah and by the way i just looked actually have buffalo fifth not top three but but so they're in that top make, tier what do you guys make that line i made it six and a half and i was surprised just because you know the more you look at you know the defense and the defense lately they just they, they've been more like what we expected from their defense to start the season with that coaching than they were the first half of the season over the last, you know, five, six games. Yeah. I make it six. So when you're so, like, it sounds to me, Matt, like you're saying this Milano thing is probably overrated because he's not playing enough that it matters. People keep talking about him. And I was, that's my little joke. They talk about what a great, you know, coverage linebacker he is, which Wait, I was, was going to ask Rufus if he could a coverage linebacker ever be. What's that? He's a coverage. I was going to ask Rufus like, if he knew what position he played and see if he knew. I mean, I know Milano cookies are delicious. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, he probably didn't know. I didn't know. Um, right. I'd heard okay. the name though. <laughs> uh, Seahawks minus three and a half, 42 and a half. Interesting, right? Because they played earlier and it was what? Minus one. Yeah, they played the two weeks ago, and the Seahawks were like close, like fifty-three percent, and the Rams were the better team throughout the game. The Seahawks won the game, but the, the Rams were clearly better. As golf through that like ridiculous first down interception in the red zone early, and uh, and oh yeah, that was two weeks ago, and now now I, I, I mean my reading was Watford was going to play, but then somebody told me yesterday that they actually thought golf was going to play. I'm not even sure it makes a huge. I guess it makes a big difference in my numbers, but. Uh, when the only other difference, right, is probably that Cup is was is injured or questionable, and now it he sounds COVID, like he right? might play. What's up? He had COVID, right? 
Uh, he was on the COVID I, list. I, yeah, I, he was. I, I don't yeah. like Wait. to. That's that's confidential. It's uh, doctor <laughs> patient privilege, so I don't like to talk about it. Damn. So uh, I actually had Seattle graded a lot higher than the Rams in their in their meeting in Week 16. Um, I had them graded as controlling for opponent, and I thought the LA was the better team going in. So controlling for opponent and um, home field, I thought they were fundamentally 11 points 12 points better actually oh no shit i'm i'm yeah. looking it up now i was kind of going from my memory of watching the game i was hope i was I looking it up right. i was looking it up because i hoped you were right because because as a, i own the rams in the calcutta but i think this is such an interesting my, game though um myself and, watching the game thought the rams were a lot better but i'm, I'm looking up my numbers now this is why you don't watch games guys yeah i had like Rams like 24th percentile in offensive yards per play, 22nd percentile in play success, 10th percentile scoring efficiency on offense. They were they were their their defense played um, above average, but I mean they have a good defense. My numbers have the Rams slightly better in that game. Wow. Okay. Maybe they're probably better than mine. They're different. Yeah. So what better you, is so- combined and. So, so Rufus, you must like the Seahawks. Sorry, you must like the Ram. Uh, wait, no, Seahawks. I actually don't even know what this. I don't is. know either. So, using Goff, I make the number two point nine. Seattle minus two point nine. Using Wolford and Jeff, I think you'll be the first to guess this. Um, the quarterback undrafted, making a second start only in because the starting quarterback's injured. I'm going to have him really, really low, regardless of how well he played last week. And he played. But are you? Gonna, well. Are you wearing your Redskins shirt or not? It's a good question. Um, Sorry, your Washington football team shirt or not? How do you know that that was the shirt? I thought it was my Burning Man uniform that was the lucky shirt, according to the Twitter peoples. Have you seen the new commercial where they talk about bringing home a dog that they adopted named Rufus? I haven't. It's amazing. But back to the game, um, I think that my numbers with with Wolford are going to be like Seattle minus a touchdown. I didn't even run it because at this point, I know know what it's going to say. I know the difference is... I know I had the difference between Goff and Wolford going into last week is like six, five and a half, six points. And so, so you've got Goff at like a 15% difference over Wolford. Yeah. I mean, just cause there's, it, it's because of how bad I have Wolford just because of my priors. Because, on him. Like four because of the priors, like, no, no, like an undrafted, an undrafted quarterback in his third season who hadn't played a snap. Had he played a snap? I don't think he had. I don't think so. He definitely hadn't had a start in his career. I don't um, think he's played in the preseason. Until last week. No, I think, well, yeah. I mean, because he played in the AAF. He was, hell, working, like, he was, his LinkedIn had finance. Well, how, I mean, did so, you model his experience in the AAF or not? I did not. But. Yeah, well, that's, um, that's where, like, the good analytics people get their advantage. It's true. So maybe um, maybe he maybe he's a true fourth-round pick talent or something. In which case, Matt, I still where do you make that line? The, about three. I, I think Wofford's going to play. I, I think Wofford's the way... I don't pigeonhole players depending on their. I think their, there's uh, an L in his last three-year-old draft. Wolford is a, well, yeah. I don't. Know. His yeah. teammates can't pronounce it. So he he's not. I, he's I read not way a, too much he, about him last week. He's not like a mid-major college from the south, Wofford. He is actually <laughs> Wolford, the son of an offensive lineman and from the NFL. He's the son of an offensive lineman. Yeah, Will Will Wolford or something like that. I believe he's the son of an NFL lineman. He definitely put on some muscle since uh, since since college. I was uh, I was I was he rather impressed. Like he'll be he'll be better this week, and I, you know, I I, I think uh, you know. Yeah. Will William Charles Wolford played for the Bills, 
And I believe his son, he's the father of this Wolford. Okay. Good to know. No, Jamal Adams, I mean. Oh, no, no, sorry. Nephew, nephew, oh. nephew. He's okay. Jamal uncle. Adams says he's going to play, like, no matter what. But he was hurt enough that that uh, Carroll thought it was. And he's, you know, top three defensive player. And, you know, one of rare defensive player that has real value. Like if you look at their games this year, when he was in versus not in huge difference. And, but isn't if, there, wait, isn't how there some Carlos Dunlap in there too? Like I mean, there's Carlos some overlap Dunlap between Jalen Adams and Carl. What's that? <laughs> Jalen Adams. Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams. Carlos Dunlap. Yeah. yeah. So one guy was worth two first round picks and the other guy like cleared waivers. Okay. Like, but there was like, definitely a narrative about Dunlap being a big, big part of the turnaround, right? Because he was able to get pressure where they weren't able to get pressure before. I thought the turnaround was just. I that think the Dunlap is an improvement, but I don't think much. I thought the turn for because there was there some narrative about turnaround? Adams. What's up? The defensive turnaround is because they started running the ball on offense and making the game shorter. No, it's Jamal Adams. Okay. I mean, I'm very. I mean, but also, you, I think also, I mean. They're, well, Seattle, I've read that, you know, now they're allowing 100 less yards per game. And I'm like, well, that's because they've slowed the game well, down. that and is definitely Seattle, Rufus, Rufus, which is stupid. Rufus, well, yeah. fewer yards. A fewer yards, okay. Mm-hmm. Not less yards. Maybe one day you'll get that right. Um, okay, uh, the Wait, Washington, so it sounds like no one has any real value there. I don't know. I, I, was, I like the Rams. I think the, the Rams are yeah. a couple percent good. A couple okay. percent is worth a lot. Okay. Jeff's just focused on like Googling players' names and their relatives. No, I don't I mean, that's that information I didn't know about Wolford. I'll I stop calling Wolford. him Wolford. Well, I was just tired of you guys mispronouncing his name. No, you're, I mean, the guy's I mean, he's an NFL quarterback. effing quarterback, at exactly. least pronounce his name correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Washington football team is an eight and a half point underdog to Tampa Bay. And I don't know if you saw these important trends that dr bob was talking about <laughs> oh yeah he's still relevant he apparently I went mean, 57 and 27 on his nfl very best bets this year according to his email according to him on twitter okay. let's uh, not start a he, fight with he dr. Said, bob. he said he said wft have you done rufus and although mm. i thought or washington wtf but i read it as washington football team have you done <laughs> yeah it was so the hey, thing the playoffs, about Bob. How about you? You know, the thing about <laughs> the thing about um, Rufus that people don't understand, as Rufus tweets something like that. So let's just give people context that don't actually follow these people. He wrote, Doctor Bob wrote, teams that make the playoffs with losing records have won their home game straight up, and home dogs of more than three with a worse win percentage than their opponents are four and oh straight up straight up is in all caps so i'll yell it straight up in the clue including win but wins by dogs of plus 10 and plus eight i am not on washington but i would wouldn't bet against them to which rufus said wft is four and oh when i wear my lucky shirt if i wear my lucky shirt i wouldn't bet against them I mean, I think I think it has the same relevance. And Dr. Bob said I was being a dick by doing that. But I mean, I literally think what he said first. I mean, I didn't really understand the trend because I was like, is it home dogs or dogs at three or more point? Like, I. but regardless, it's a sample size of four games. If there's something there, I'd, if, if, if there's a rationale, I think the more interesting thing would be what's the rationale behind that? Not whether 
not not like oh i flipped a coin four times and it came up heads that's interesting so if there's like give me a little okay, more than so, that so i remember years ago when dr bob was like really relevant in college football and i remember that everybody would wait until you know he really releases plays and the line would move and then the people that actually won they would be ready for when he releases plays too to hammer that extra two points back the other way that's my memory of dr bob sounds like you don't have a lot of respect for dr bob man I mean, I'm not trying to knock anybody. I just think that it's, you know, anybody that's I, – I think anyone that's selling the, 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 the plays and being very public is unlikely to have a lot of signal to their, uh, to their analytics. So what I was going to say about Rufus retweeting that thing about Dr. Bob was that no one understands that Rufus is just being Rufus. He's actually not – he doesn't actually think he's being a dick when he says that. Like, if I tweeted that, I would have been trying to be a dick, right? But if Rufus does it, he's just being – he's like a kind, gentle soul that can't resist that moment of time where he's making a snarky comment. And to him, it's just benign. Um, so back to that game then. Eight and a half, what do you guys make that line? Are you on the Dr. Bob side? Or are you just hoping that Rufus wears his lucky shirt? <laughs> I think mean, sure, that game's no. kind of impossible currently because, like, if you watch Alex Smith Sunday night, he like couldn't set in the pocket. Like, he had there was no way for him to buy any time whatsoever. Though, like, to the point where I think Rivera has said that he might play Henneke uh, some, and certainly if they get behind it, if, if, if Smith looks the same way they get behind, they're, they're going to have to. Like, Smith was not in any shape to play a football game Sunday night. And do you think that? Do you wait, think that if Jalen Hurts uh, stays in there, that Philly wins that game? Probably. I mean, definitely would have had – there was two fumbles they could have recovered. You know, there's so much randomness to any of this stuff. Right. So many I mean, different yeah, things they, could happen. I mean, you know, how about I, this? I, I, someone you know, who actually showed off to win the game, I, I would have preferred him in there. But, you know, that's Here, – Here's a question, though. Like, if you guys went back in time and you knew how Alex Smith was going to look and you had the opportunity to bet the plus six and a half, which is what it closed at, mm-hmm. would you have taken that? So yes. some of us had that foresight and then said, you know what? Wow. There's an extra like 2% to the money line here. Why is that there? Let's make sure to like, you know, send out, you know, send out that money line pretty heavily and then watch as, you know, and I mean, I knew they weren't trying to win, but the players are still going to try. And I, I knew Sudfeld might come in, but Sudfeld was going to try and, you know, yeah, but then watching the whole thing, the delay game was a little, uh, it was a little, it was a little humbling to, to see that, you know, perhaps there were those in the market who had, that had laid the Washington money line, overlaying the points that were completely dead right. Yeah. I lost a lot live betting that game. The first like first half, there was some some real edges. It looked like and halftime um, on Eagles money line stuff. It just and obviously the market was smarter than me as well. Can I try to explain what Matt was saying to people that may not have fully grokked it? Basically, what you're saying is the people that really knew expected it to be pretty assuredly a Washington win, but pretty assuredly a very uh, almost a game where both teams were punting and it would be a, a, a small Washington win likely. So basically the, the market was saying that the points from six to one were worth more. The, 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 the Washington money line was higher than the normal six and a half point favorite would have been near close. So they were saying that it's more likely than normal for Washington to win the game by one to six points. 
I thought given like a, the huge amount of variances, you know, I mean, Philadelphia sat half their team. They were going to play Sudfeld. The team's quarterback had a leg Schwartz. The Philadelphia defensive coordinator basically said, I'm out. I'm not trying this game. I mean, I mean, I really thought the Philadelphia defense was going to mail it in. And obviously they didn't. It could have been more wrong. But uh, the, they played the market, great. I was like they, very they, right? proud of them. Like, but did they play great or was Alex, or was it Alex Smith that bad? I'm not sure. Or, I mean, there's only yeah. so many plays. There's That's only fair. so many plays in the football game. I would have watched it on 65 plays. But the market thought that the points, the one to six, were worth more than they would be in a normal game. And I thought that was. Because you thought. And you thought, if anything, it would be the opposite because there's more variance. But yeah, I understand. Yeah, that I makes a lot wrong. of sense I to me. I didn't think about it deep enough, you know, whatever, you know, and I was clearly wrong watching how the game was, you know, coached and managed and played by Philadelphia. They, they really weren't trying to win that hard. They, you know, it wasn't like they were handing off at the end. They called their timeouts. They didn't, but, you know, they had Sudfelder. They took the delay a game, which wasn't on purpose. Was the I didn't think so at the time. They took a delay a game, fourth and seven for the Washington 35. They kind of lined up to go for it. I, and it was like, who doesn't call a timeout there rather than take a delay a game? I mean, anything's better than punting. They punted. And then after watching the Sudfeld thing and thinking about, you know, pick nine to six. And I don't know. But uh, I'm I'm one of those people, too, that think did did that the rules should be changed in a way that almost forces the teams to try. I think it's like false advertising for the NFL and poor for the product. And I mean, all three of us who, you know, we're all, I mean, everybody in the, any kind of sports betting industry, we're, we're with the NFL, you know, whatever's good for the NFL is good for us. And I don't think it's good for the NFL to have a game where the, the especially on Sunday night football, where the, the, the team's not trying, I think they should change the uh, structure of the draft or whatever they have to do to, to make a, uh, make you know some sort of motivation for the team there i mean i, I like my idea of uh you, you the first round pick goes to the team that wins the most games after they're eliminated from the playoffs i think that mostly Ooh. keeps the same order while still while still uh you know incentivizing the teams i kind of like that actually it's too complicated but is it no yeah i mean you guys don't it's... understand how simple people are that's complicated keeps teams trying to win i mean no, I understand. I, I understand okay. it. I consider myself smarter than the average person. I understand it, but I don't know if it's that. Maybe simple. people I mean, smarter than we're giving them credit for. I mean, draft lottery, but it's influenced by that. So you actually help your chances. Well, that's less complicated. Good for you, Rufus, for making yeah, it less exactly. complicated. I can always can leave it to you to make something less complicated. Okay, moving on to the Wait, Ravens minus just, the three. You didn't even ask. What my, you I didn't even ask my opinion on the game. And <laughs> okay, Rufus. Or or and I don't even know what what Matt has on the game. We just talked about Alex Smith, and I oh, think he basically the, said the that game, he thinks the, the line will go up and bet Washington late would be my my take. Do you think that my lucky beer should be a Heineken? I see what you did there. Mm, I see. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just pick a better beer. Rufus, what school did did Taylor Heineke go to? Ooh. Um, Old Dominion. Very good. And he played, he was on the Panthers. Like Ron Rivera, like, man, I'll give him one thing. Like, that guy is a loyal guy. If, did he if, go to the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay in 02? Did who? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was a good one. I appreciate that. That was funny. Okay, Rufus, fine. What is your number? Um, 7.1. So, if anything, I'll be on Washington. So you're this. You guys so are the same. I, I like Doctor. I'm with Doctor Bob here. 
I wouldn't bet against Washington. I mean, that line probably closes close to 10, right? Do you think so? So, it, so Bruce Arians, I've, I did a little thing looking at, um, I, I don't know if I already said this, but not today, but, but I did a thing looking at which coaches, seeing if there was a coaching effect um, of coaches that are good against or better against good teams versus better against bad teams. Basically, the theory is that like Andy Reid, his, his play calling has been very vanilla in games that didn't matter essentially against inferior opponents. And he saves his unique schemes um, for the most important times, which makes sense. Um, It makes sense if you're a good team to do that, I I guess. But, and I looked to see if basically there was any sort of significant coaching effect over the 20, over 20 years. And I actually found that there was, and Andy Reid was um, number two, I guess, in terms of um, the effect in that direction, coaches who have, who overperform, um, against good teams and tend to underperform against bad teams. And so number one was Bill Belichick, by the way, but, but if you looked at the opposite side, um, coaches who kind of suck against, they suck the, you know, they, they fail to live up to expectations against, um, against better opponents and vice versa. And Bruce Arians is number one in that category over out of coaches in the last 20 years in terms of, co- of like, it's a Bayesian effect, but so the question is, is Washington a good or bad team? I think they're not a good team. So, I mean, if anything, that would, um, it, I think, all, I mean, part of it is that Bruce Arians offense is very much like they do what they do, regardless of who mm-hmm. they're playing there. You know, Bruce Arians offense is very, very simple. Whereas Bill Belichick, like Bill Belichick and Andy Reid, they will have game plans that vary depending on who they're playing. And, and like, and I think, Honestly, I think that's one thing that makes a, a coach sort of next. For what it's worth, I think it's Josh McDaniels a lot more than Belichick. Right. I think Josh McDaniels is a maybe the best coach in the NFL. Okay, but but Bill Belichick on defense though. Wait, did you just say McDaniel is the best best like offensive OC or just coach? So there's so much to coaching, and I can't possibly grade leadership and. But you think motivation. you think McDaniel? Is I'm only great. I'm I'm all, I'm only grading the tactics and strategy that I can see on the field. And I, I like the games. I love it. I, I love also like Schottenheimer. I mean, the, the big, Seattle. Big Mc- I mean, well, Schottenheimer is a genius. You think, really? I, I, Which is, I know, a very unpopular opinion. Yeah, it is. I'm interested to hear why. <laughs> uh, basically going back to the, the years with the Colts and the Browns where he was, like, very, very undermanned and, and put up very, very good numbers. Would you, what do you think about, about now with Seattle? What about mm-hmm. now with Seattle and, and running the ball? I mean, over the past few years, he's gotten a lot of criticism for – for not letting Russ cook. I don't know where that comes from. I mean, obviously I think that them, their, their offensive uh, strategy over the last few years has probably been poor and I mean, passing. I mean, about 30% run is about right in the NFL. So any team that's running the ball more than 30% is almost for sure doing it wrong. I mean, maybe short of Tennessee with Henry, especially when they're good linemen are in, but the, in general, I think that's the case. And so I, but is that coming from him? Is that coming from Carol? I, I don't know who's making the decision. And I'm not judging that. I'm only judging the, the 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 schemes okay okay not the not the not the you know i mean how many times have we seen carol you know i don't like he wants to punt on fourth and one with a you know team that's 80 percent to, to, to make it it's just senseless obviously but but all right moving yeah. on so the the verdict on washington is probably redskins are the, sorry not the football team is the right side but if you'd like them, probably try to wait a little bit and hopefully pick off a 
I nine, think so. I'm thinking. I mean, there's so much noise to the Smith thing too. I mean, there, there's people out there that you know are going to have better information than any of us are going to have as far as like Tess's calf improved. Is he going to be you know closer to you know 100 percent than obviously was last week? And, I mean, I'm going to have no idea. I'm going to be trying to like read tea leaves. Is he? Do you think if he plays, he'll still be checked down, Charlie? Well, it's the way he put. If you watch the Pittsburgh game, especially when they got behind, he he sure to me he played great in that game. He threw the ball downfield. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, is it is it a situation like Jim Furyk where he you know he you know he's just trying to he's hitting greens and not being aggressive going after pins, just basically keeping the ball in play because he thinks that's sort of the optimal strategy for him in general. And if he gets into a situation where he feels like he needs variance, he'll he'll throw the ball downfield or is it just this is who he is i think he's been you know trained by you know andy reed and others that you know you, you take what's what's there and particularly with you know what they've run and you know remember they have a you know a couple good pass catching backs that are generally open i, I think it's generally i think generally checking down is the right thing to do so i, I, I don't kind of hold it against them i guess interesting that's a they've uh... been way better this year with smith than i mean I mean, look at the other quarterbacks, but they've been way better with Smith than they were with Allen and uh, Haskins. But not not Heineken. Well, you know, he only got like Heineken. you know eighteen snaps or something. But I like that guy. <laughs> I liked him too. I remember he played a week sixteen or seven, I guess week seventeen for Carolina a couple years ago or even last year. And I was sure that he was going to have a great game. I think it was against the Saints and they scored zero. He's our he's our Wolford. Wofford. Yeah. Okay, back to the next game, which is the Tennessee Titans plus the. Three. It looks like it's really a three and a half. Ravens minus three and a half. It went up today because uh, there was a Titan coach that got COVIDed, and they were worried about contact tracing. It'll, I think, go back down. They were close to you slightly below. They all have herd if, immunity if, 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 at this no, point. if it was out. What's that? Does, the Titans, the have, Titans herd have herd immunity at this point. <laughs> well, we'll talk more about COVID when we get into the Steelers game. Wait, really quickly, though, go, um, Matt, you said that you would bet you thought the line would move up towards Tampa, but you thought Washington was the right side. Normally, you know, in a liquid market like the NFL, or like you expect the moves to be efficient towards like the, the most efficient number. Why do you think in this case that might not be the case? I think between Smith's injury, I don't think there's going to be anyone that's going to gonna bet Washington at this number. And I think it'll be, the Tampa will be a, a very big public side. So therefore it'll, it'll move in, you know, move in that direction. And you, but you I, might I, see I late sharp money coming in. And so it, it would, it wouldn't necessarily close at 10 or anything. It, it might still close here, but it'll be driven by late sharp money. Maybe. I mean, there's, I, I think there's a, there's a couple international groups that kind of control the market with this, with these games. And really? I think that, that, that I don't think anyone's betting watching at this price. And I think that, that one of them might very well lay Tampa. Ooh, can I hear if they more? do between I, that and the public, it'll just go up. I'm interested in hearing like, more about the international groups controlling the price. <laughs> well, I mean, if you bet enough money, you're gonna. What, you know, what, what more market, do you right? need to hear besides that, Rufus? I don't know. <laughs> I want. I want. I want more specifics here. You want the pictures of the people, exactly. what countries they're I want from, to run background checks. You know. All right. Some KYC um, documents. We're like running on an hour and 15 and no one wants to listen to us this long. So let's get through these games. Okay. Maybe, maybe Jeff, maybe we should think about that next time we're talking about uh, our, our restaurant choices 
and Denver. Maybe next time you're trying to say something and unable to say it, I should just interrupt you and we can move on. That's true. That's true also. So Ravens minus the three and a half against the Titans. Um, any thoughts here? Um, I t- Somehow we grabbed, I don't know how, well, I shouldn't say it because it's a number that's not out there, but um, but my business partner somehow was able to get a four and a half, I think somehow on Sunday. I don't know where it would have been either. I'm hoping maybe it's a typo in his inputting in the sheet, but you know, it was Can on you Sunday. find me an 11 and a half on the bears while you're at it? Exactly. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's a typo or not, but I'm, I'm happy to have it if it isn't, but I, I make the number, I, I lean towards Tennessee here. I make it, uh, make it 2.1. I think if Tennessee doesn't have COVID issues, the number will come down. And Tennessee's probably good at this. You know, I mean, if you ba- catch them, catch them at less than forty percent, they're good. Yeah, by that, I mean like, oh, sorry, I'm interrupting. Oh no, no, no! I mean like, like if you get you know plus plus three even, or you you know, or, or better, plus one fifty or better on Tennessee will work out as long as uh, they don't have a COVID issue, which I guess and they don't play now. But uh, that's what I think. That's what made it move back up today. I think. Yeah, Baltimore has been. Like been they are that they are becoming the team they were last year or recently they have been playing like that. They've also been playing yeah, against a bunch of weak. They've been playing against a bunch of inferior f- opponents the last like what five or six weeks and and right. basically blowing everybody out. But um, Matt, I know you. Yeah, what what makes them so tricky? The, the I mean, from no, I mean like from a numbers perspective and like like you said, they haven't really played anybody in a while. Uh, you know they. They have a couple offensive lines. Like their offensive line is not anywhere close to as good as last year. And then, like recently, the numbers have been really good. But look who they're playing. They played. I mean, their first game against Cincinnati, and they like couldn't get a yard. Like the 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 defensive scheme was like applauded. And I, I didn't look deep enough into it to see if that was really the case. And then the last game against Cincinnati, they just like ran rough shot on them. So they're just been so variable throughout the year. Like if you, especially if you're using like solid priors, like you use like from last year. You know they're probably higher than 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 I have them, but uh. well, and Lamar Jackson was playing hurt early in the season, um, and he's mm-hmm. he's you know I mean he wasn't running the ball, he and and he's kind of back to full strength now, which has helped. I mean I think without without the threat of him running much, they're a very different team. But yet Malcolm so, Brown. Stuff. So we we just went through all this right, and yet Rufus, you like Tennessee, yeah. Matt, you you also like Tennessee, so it's just that the line in this case is, is too high. Yeah. I mean, should, our, should, should we just all of it, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, <laughs> for, maybe next week we should just literally say which picks we liked and that's it. Huh? Yeah. But you, the narrative that you're painting Rufus is, is you're, uh, you're saying that recency would say that they're playing better and that they're outplaying what they were. So maybe like in this case, if you weighted your priors higher, would you get yourself to a minus three and a half? I mean, my with so my number without priors is Baltimore minus one and a half. My number with priors is Baltimore minus two point six. So I don't get to three and a half either way. No, I'm saying if you weight your priors even higher, right? Because what you're saying oh, now is the, they're playing close to what they were doing last year, right? So what if you just use last year? But they're rating, not as good as they were last year. I mean, I'm, but I'm, we were also saying we I, don't I, know because I mean they've been playing against weaker teams. I get it, but you made the statement that they're playing like they were the team last year. Yeah, recently, right? But but that's so, also. But if I, you know, if you look at any sort of five week stretch, so you, you can give find people it, shit all the time for saying stuff and not like actually sticking by it, right? 
you're saying they're playing as good as they were last year. So why wouldn't you use their rating from last year? Because um, just because a team is playing a certain, I mean, because there's regression to the mean, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, and because any, you know, you can find a five game stretch for any team and how they played in that five game stretch, you know, doesn't mean that's how good they are. They, you know, great teams, answer. Teams, great answer. Is that a good answer? Yeah. It's a good no? answer. Or, it's fine. I mean, it's a good answer. We can move on. Okay. Um, Saints minus 10 uh, against the Bears. I mean, I think we talked about it. We but, talked about this one. Too yeah, high. the Bears are value, right? I'm going to talk to Rufus's partner about where to find an 11 and a half. Seriously. He's got all the connections. What do you guys, what do you guys both make this game? Rufus, you, we already told it nine. What do you, what do you make this Matt? Seven. Ooh. You don't like to so say 11 and a half is a lot of value. The bears have been good lately too. I mean, the, 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 the bears offense, uh, I mean, I can't believe they even put Foles in the start with, but the bears have been much better with, you know, Trubisky for good reason. Trubisky is a reasonable NFL quarterback, whereas Foles is not. And you know, they're, so I believe, I believe in though. one Trubisky. So <laughs> one question, um, where do you, why do you think your guys' numbers differ so much here? Right. A two point, a two point difference in this case is a pretty reasonable difference around seven and nine. Right. Yeah. And my number with priors is even higher. I, I think part of it is, Oh, this I, isn't I, even I, with priors. Well, with priors is 7.8 without priors is 10.2. Okay, so, so you lend them. I, I think I so I think I overvalue Breeze, and that's part mm -hmm. of the reason that I in this situation I want to see what my numbers are without priors because I think my prior in Breeze is too high. Um, I think he clearly is not the quarterback that he. Yeah, Breeze has not been good this year. No, he hasn't. I and think he, they'd be better. I mean, if they were playing Taysom Hill, my number, I would have the Saints higher with Taysom Hill. Wow. If they yeah. really want to win the Super Bowl, they should put Taysom Hill in and let Breeze coach him up. Wow. I mean, especially if, if Breeze is in full strength and he says he isn't, like that's certainly not. I mean, yeah, he's, he's it's not great. But the other thing is, I think where the Saints have been good, I think pe people have the sense that they're not an explosive offense, and they certainly haven't, but they're getting a lot of guys back. I mean, they're getting Michael Thomas back, um, they're getting um, Deontay Harris back. But Kamara's not going to play, right? Kamara may or may not play, right? It's the Sunday game. I think game, he's so... like almost for sure out, right? Oh, okay. Was that, did I that come out today? I, that can, my reading was he almost had no chance to play. Okay. I, I heard you. I thought I he was likely to play since it's a Sunday game, but I, I mm. don't have the latest. I haven't looked. I didn't see any information today. But the thing is, where the Saints Did he excel, have symptoms, do we know? It's a good question because it's I not like to, you come back and you're his doctor. automatically full strength. Oh, yeah, some, that's right. Some patient, guys... patient privilege. We talked about this. <laughs> no, so the other thing is the Saints, where they're good is in I, – I, I think they're really good at – they're a very efficient offense. They're great at sort of, they're not explosive, but they're efficient. But, which I think is highly predictive. And maybe I'm overvaluing that because it certainly doesn't feel like they have the same upside as these other teams. Um, but then again, you know, the strength of the team though is the defense that is, that is very good. And early in the season, they were, um, they had trouble with giving up big passes, but also were like penalized a historically high amount. Um, they were, they had, I think there was one point where they were negative 300 in penalty yard differential and the second worst team was negative 100 or something like that. It was, you it think was that was bounty of, gate related the penalties, uh, you know, 10, 10 year anniversary. Huh. You're right. Kamara's supposed to play. And that would change my number probably to about seven and a half. 
Okay. Half a point. That's a lot for um, guy. Matt, what would, what would the number be? You if consider their backups, right? Yeah, as a receiver, as a running back, I don't think he's worth much. Matt, what would your numbers be if, if Taysom Hill was playing? A couple percent higher. Not, I mean, not a big difference, but I definitely think that Taysom Hill is a, currently a better quarterback than Drew Brees. Would it change their style? Like, I mean, would it? Yeah, he can run the ball. I mean, it's, it's huge. I mean, that's the, all the difference. I mean, it's, I mean, it's why teams should take Fields over. Well, not that Jacksonville will, but it's why the Jets are sitting pretty with the two pick. Justin Fields is going to be amazing. Why? Because he can, you know, run the ball like a running back at any point. And as good as Lawrence is, he's not as good of a runner as if Fields is going to be incredible. Lawrence is a pretty good runner, though, still. That's what I'm saying. I didn't mean to, like, really he's, knock he's Lawrence. Bigger. I mean, Lawrence is great, but but – Lawrence is there? Do we have any questions about Lawrence's accuracy? We have seen the last two big games we have seen him in. He has not been accurate at all. And accuracy in the NFL is very, very important. I'm not sure if you guys know that, but it's very important in the NFL. He didn't play. He didn't play well on uh, on Thursday, did he? Or Friday, but, that was. You know, he's played two bad games in big games. Does that mean that's how good he is? No, I mean it's. Remember how he played versus Alabama in the game they won. Yeah, it's like I mean, sure, like and, and that's fine. Like, I've ever seen. college is a tiny yeah. college is a tiny sample size, right? It's all a tiny sample. Yeah, life, college, a, life is a tiny sample size. No, but my okay. So, so here's my Trevor Lawrence is going to be a bust argument, right? You have this guy that's the classic. What? Why is he rated probably so much higher than Josh Fields? Prior. I'm not even convinced that Jacksonville is not going to come around and take Fields. Because he's, t- cause I don't he's think tall. Because he's, he's tall. Priors, because he's he was the classic so quarterback. He's before. the classic quarterback build, right? He's this huge stack in like, mm-hmm. he looks simple. Like, I mean, he's played a lot of games. And I mean, Fields played last year and a handful of games this year. And he was hurt a couple games this year. If someone has been really was good Lawrence over a the number one period of overall, time, was he the number yep. one? Was he the number one quarterback recruit his year? I don't think he, no, he was. Someone, I think he someone was. was high, no, no, someone was higher than him. I, certainly top three, though, wasn't he? Oh, he, I think he was so, second. What's the difference? So basically, I mean, people you had, were just guessing. So you had this prior of him being really good. Then he's been really good for three years. I think, you know, being really good for three years, all else equal, is better than being really good for a year and a half. Agree? You can be more confident that he's actually so, really good. I just the thing with him, right? Too is he plays in the ACC, which is generally not a great conference anymore, right? And so the times that he really gets, to, we get to see him against good competition, he hasn't looked particularly good over the last couple of years, right? And so, uh, I mean, it's I mean, all I, relative. I think Matt's leaning towards Josh Fields as being the better pick, and I might be on the Matt David out Josh Fields bandwagon. Who's who's Josh Fields? Justin's brother. Justin Fields, whatever. Okay. Josh Fields is a pitcher for the <laughs> pitcher for the uh do you not know who Josh White Fields Sox? is? Yeah. What's that? Is he, is he White Tampa. Sox? Tampa? Tampa, I don't remember. Oh. Isn't he la- wasn't he last with the Dodgers? Oh he wait. Oh, he's no. so good he's played for all the teams. He's Astros for and Dodgers, yeah. He, <laughs> who is he's the played for, played okay. I'm thinking of somebody else with the You know what you know what just is amazing, right? It's the fact Josh that Justin Fields, Fields was I was right. There is a different Josh Fields who is an infielder for the White Sox. Right. I was talking about the pitcher, though. I know, I know, but I heard the name Josh Fields and I thought White Sox. Did your Josh Fields also have a brother named Justin? You know, I don't know. I closed the Wikipedia page. (laughs) The Justin Field thing is so fascinating, though, right? Because he somehow had to transfer from Georgia because they had Jake Fromm, right? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I mean, 
Kirby, learn to evaluate your talent, right? Well, didn't I mean they, they played Stetson Bennett for half the year over? I mean, they could be played in the playoff. I, no, no I, Dan- I shouldn't say he might have been hurt. I don't know. The, Daniels, the I think, was hurt. You think There's so? No, I think so. You think they, he could? He was cleared. You, you they could have put him in versus Alabama. Like you don't think they'd have had a chance versus Alabama? A better chance? Oh, one hundred percent. When they put no, no, Daniels no, no, in, I, I thought that, right. I, I was big on Georgia this year because I thought Daniels was going to be their starter. And then when they were – I mean, I just thought he was hurt, and I didn't follow it enough to, to know. Mm-hmm. Um, all I mean, right, but, last game, guys. Steelers. Wait, didn't Burrow wasn't Bur- – who beat out Burrow for the starting job at Ohio State? Haskins. Yeah, I mean, well, Haskins is, I guess – I mean, Burrow got a lot better. Remember the first year, you know, I mean, people get better. I mean, that's I – mean, that's the answer isn't that the, the draft – the NFL teams get the draft picks wrong or right. It's more just who gets better afterwards. I mean, you look at like, you know, Aaron Rodgers, for instance, and you know, the he's gotten better. It's not a matter of did he was, you know, stagnant. And it's the same with Burrow. Burrow got a ton better from the first year at LSU to the second. Well, and teams are drafting players, and this is more true in baseball, but also somewhat true in the NFL. They're not drafting players just based on what they are now. They're drafting, especially quarterbacks, right. they're drafting them Allen based on drafting. what they think they can be. And so, do you think there are Josh Allen? He's going to be a ton better than training Josh Rosen. Sorry. It's so, no, you're right. He has more upside for sure. Do you think that there are significant differences in how teams develop quarterbacks? And do you think like Josh Allen would have been successful as a, say, New York Jet? I, well, I don't know. I'm not a fan of Gates, but in that, in general, I think that the whole developing quarterbacks is vastly, vastly overrated that most of these coaches are very similar in what they're teaching and how they're teaching it. And it comes down to the player and the player would be basically as successful wherever they're at. What, what's your guys' take as, as a Patriots fan, I'm curious, what is your guys' take on the, the cam situation this year? And why did the Patriots keep trotting out cam when, especially towards the end of the year, it was clear, like there was something wrong. Like he was like, he was not completing very simple Passes. I don't think he's completed very simple passes his whole career. I think that's the, always been the cam, and it got covered up by the running, by a good offensive line, by some some good schemes by uh, you know North, North Turner over the years, and you know Carolina, especially the year that like did he win the 15, MVP? Fifteen and one. There was yeah, one he won the even, MVP. He wasn't that good the year he won the MVP. No, though. his he, numbers you know, were great. There was a lot of running too, and they were the first team to actually. I mean, but to your point, his running, running his running was insane. His running, like he was a threat for them. Like they were, the they beat good one. teams based. Like mm-hmm. they had, they could really scheme really well against certain teams, and it just seemed like they were unstoppable on offense. Mm-hmm. But other other times, it seemed like they had no hope. Well, if you managed to make him throw, he's been inaccurate turnover machine his entire career. Yeah. Okay, so and he always so, likes taking sacks to take his team out of field goal range on do you, third down. Well, I, he's, not I agree. he's not a bad player. I think he's think not. there was. Do you do you think there was a reason? That they kept trotting him out there, you know. The he's only option. on a one-year. He was What's clearly up? better than Stidham. Yeah. And the, the, if best you're option. not, yeah, there was gave the best. They just had no option. I mean, the other option was Stidham and Stidham. Do you think he's? Do you, I would take him over Hoyer, especially my, with that team. My, like, if you if you sure, had a team where you fine. needed a game manager or something, then sure. Like, but my my theory is that he goes back there next year as a backup. And as the guy that grooms and like can get can come in and for change of pace stuff, and groom someone they bring in. Unless the Patriots have enough money for like Stafford or, you know, maybe that's where Matt. They won't take Matt Ryan. Patriots are not in a good spot. They're not in a good spot cap wise. I mean, they don't have. A no, no, they have a lot of cap room next year. Oh, they do. Okay, well then. Yeah, yeah they have a ton of cap. Room. They have like they have a ton of cap room next year. 
If you well, can I mean, get Stafford, him cheap, Stafford's, Stafford's the jam. I mean, that's if yeah. you want to pay a quarterback, that's that's who the I mean, Stafford's a top five quarterback. I mean, you I, pay. I he's think, like thirty two or thirty three, right? I think they end up. 30, with, yeah, he'll be thirty three next year. But that's yeah. not that old for a quarterback these days. No, he's tough. I mean, he'll play all the games. He's not going to, you know, I mean, that's, he well, he's going time and time again. You're right. It's not that old, but he has actually taken his like more abuse than most quarterbacks. Like his body. I mean, he's he's a tough guy. But he's but running he's, out there. Yeah. He's he's been very durable. I what about Stafford. Trubisky? I think Trubisky might be a Patriot next year. No chance. You think he goes back to Chicago? Um, I don't think he's no. going back to Chicago. Whole no. situations. I think I think Trubisky is a lot better than people give him credit for. I don't I don't think he's that bad. I mean, he's also not that good. No, I think Trubisky's but... been like one of the reasons that I like. So if you go to like the the narrative game in this situation, right? We saw this game, right? Chicago, New Orleans. Obviously, it was in Chicago. That was different. That was a very close game with incredibly poor quarterback play by by the Bears. And if they get moderate quarterback play here, you would think they'd be able to keep this game close. I mean, sample size of one, narrative alert, but yeah. That was with Breeze, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that was... It was um, Breeze and Foles, I believe. That was earlier uh, on. Yeah. All right, last game, Steelers... Minus the six. It looks like it's really, it's minus, it's plus six juiced. This was at three and a half. It's been bet up. Um, you said there's some COVID issues here. It's all Cleveland, the COVID. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, this is all COVID. The coach is out. And then I think it was like possibly worse for, but they had no, te- no positive tests today. And in fact, I mean, they might get Ward back. And if so, they're actually not missing any important players, just the coach. What's the coach worth? I mean, he's been, He's the play caller. He's been good at it. So or something, but I can't imagine. Is he going to be able to communicate well, at all? I think the rule is he's out. Yeah. Like he's out, he's out. They, they don't allow people to call into the Alex, yeah, Alex Van Pelt's the offensive coordinator to call the place, and he's, I mean, at least very experienced. Former former Bills quarterback. And who is it? Player. Alexander who? Alex Van, Van Pelt. Pelt. Oh, Alex Van Pelt. He played for the Bills. He's and a journeyman. Yeah. 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 Journeyman quarterback, journeyman coach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know this is a game, Matt, where you and I differ. I know you like – you like Browns here, right? And and I like Steelers. Just but are you already down on the Steelers, Rufus? I am. Yeah. At what price? Three and a half. Three and a half. That was the, that was the market. Like it was it was it wasn't just three and a half for a hot minute. It was three and a half like all day Monday, I believe. Three and a half seems short to me, but I hadn't run any numbers yet, and then it got bet up. Um, I mean, Pittsburgh was able to rest guys last week, and if you remember, they had that forced buy. It was week two or week three because of the Titans players all testing positive and and so uh, you know i think that you know big ben didn't even make the trip last week so uh, i think that helps I, I haven't actually put that in my numbers but i mean i i do you know we know that more rest helps teams it wasn't I the whole team rest course. helps quarterbacks though right rufus i mean i'm keeps from getting hurt i'm not saying it was a bad choice to rest but pittsburgh's not better because ben didn't play last week i mean ben's not a runner he's not taking any hits he's need to. throwing the ball and standing out of the way he takes hits at Sometimes, and he's pretty big. He's I would take, be. He's, I mean, he's I, an old I, I man. think rest is huge, but I think it's mainly huge, you know, for linemen, running backs, anyone taking hits. I don't think it really matters for quarterbacks, receivers. I don't I think, know. I, I think the old, it might hurt him. I think the older you are, the more it matters. Okay. Does Ben really take hits? I mean, he, I don't know. you can't hit the quarterback anymore. I mean, so you just saw the Ruf, rough at the Rufus, pass. They called like, on the Lions the master of just, he was master the one, of dominating yeah. people's narratives and then throwing his own narratives out there and and just going with it. Yeah, hey. I, I mean, rest I think, is more important. I think Hayward resting last week here is valuable. 
I believe it yeah, is. I'm I mean, saying just, it's not valuable. Like, I we think that's like biology, right? Mm-hmm. That, that your body doesn't recover as quickly as you get older. So I'm just arguing that Hashtag the quarterback science. Boom. Biology. So why do you like the Browns here? Like, I think the Browns are a below average team. Tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, I mean, I can come with narratives, but I think you're low on their offense. I think their, their offense is a thing. Remember, remember that the Browns have played three games this year in very poor weather conditions. That's true. And if you, I mean, accounting for that, and yeah. they played half the games without their best offensive linemen. They played one game without any really re- receivers. They've been ultra conservative at other times. I, I think the Browns have a really good offense. Really? And the defense is obviously not very good, but Denzel Ward is a, I mean, the, the, the backups to them, Denzel Ward has been terrible. I do think he'll be back Sunday and, and he's, he's missed time. Now the Garrett missed a game. The, I think that the I think that the Browns are better than where you have them rated. I think the Steelers are worse. I mean, the Steelers have not been good, especially later in the season. And I think this line will definitely, assuming no more Cleveland COVID and all they're missing is really the coach. This line will definitely come come down. And I think that uh, Cleveland's a good bet at this price. I think I, I have Cleveland as the number eleven offense in the league. So solid. Mm-hmm. You probably have. Them higher, I probably have. Them, I mean, I have to look, but I think like you know maybe top three. But I have their defense like number 27. I'm just really low in the mm-hmm. defense. Their defense has been very poor by and, the numbers. And by the way, so you were talking about the weather games. The weather games also mean their defense didn't actually oh, play as well in those for games. Sure. As, as for, sure. Were, so. for sure. For sure. Yeah. I wasn't I, trying I, to imply a narrative just as something that you might not have moved your numbers based on. No, I, no, I got you on that. I, I, use, I use wind speed and rain um, as control factors. So I don't know. But I don't have a stadium-specific effect there. Although I – well – I have a surface it's specific in a, it's effect of rain. It's a dome. It's a dome. No, it's not. <laughs> but you thought about it for a second, so I won. Do we have any totals that you guys like in these games? Um, Saints under. Saints I think under I'm much lower on the Saints offense than the market in general. What do you th- what do you have Baltimore Tennessee under at price at 54 and a half. Do you think it's on market? I lean under there. Yeah, I think a lot of the I'm a lot of older systems are like teams like the the, the Titans that are uh, very Run deficient heavy. end up leaving leaning under on. No, it's true. I, I feel like you're right. I mean, there are teams that I feel like I just don't get high enough on this year. And my strength has never been betting totals. So, I mean, it's I'm, also some of the difference of like, you know, using a algorithm to, to put the model like stats into the final number versus using a simulation. Yeah. I think the simulation is much stronger for the, the you just, you anything, just, anything on the, anything on the edges of the curves. I think the simulations are much stronger. I completely agree. I, I always have trouble with outliers. Uh, maybe we should build a simulator, Rufus. It sounds really difficult, and Matt's a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> it is definitely true. All right. Well, I don't, I don't know anybody sharper in the sports betting world than Matt David Al. I don't know the love fest, Matt. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. It was it was really awesome. You and I still have to have a talk about Deck Prism and Microsoft and how we can make magic happen. Yeah, I was supposed to. I was supposed to email you to try to set up a short call. All right. I was supposed I to email you back, anyways. That's fine. <laughs> 
uh, let's talk next week. And yep. um, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, just to recap from what we've said, it sounds like in these games, definitely no value in the Colts' bills, maybe a little value on the Rams, maybe some value on the football team, but probably wait to bet it. Um, nothing, maybe a little bit on the Titans, right? If you can get a price at, at, at higher than three-ish. The, the Bears, there's some value there, probably at plus 10. Um, and then definitely differing opinions on the Browns Steelers, but at this price, if you were going to go anywhere, it would probably be the Browns. Fair recap. I mean, it was mostly there might be value, so maybe a little bit on this game. Yeah, we're useless. <laughs> it's like we're we're like typical touts. We're useless. Yeah. So you know, w- when the picks lose, we when those things that might have had value lose, we can say, hey, there wasn't actually value. Some of the stuff's moved already too. It's hard to like you know. So you never want to chase your own steam. No, it's it's There's hard. A, that's, the, the that's tip so true. Don't chase your own steam. That is so true. <laughs> And that's honestly what you have to do a lot of the time if you're having to give out picks later in the week. And you're, yeah. And you're not really a towel, but you play one on a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> do I at least do a good job? I mean, fantastic, Rufus. Do I, do I get any? Okay. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll talk to you guys all next week. Thanks, man. analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are about to end just running off a leaded.